Ah, a little culture club, huh? Haven't heard this in a little while since Ron Rivera left the building. Two minutes after two on a Friday afternoon. Good to have you with us. Right back to the calls in case you're just joining us. What we're talking about is Caleb Williams said, no, I'm not meeting with the medical doctors at the Combine, which is the absolute standard. It's believed that he's the first athlete to do this officially. Uh, I guess Marvin Harrison might still. I I don't know. Marvin Harrison is doing his own thing. But Caleb Williams, I think, has set the table now for the future. He will create change by doing what he's doing. The NFL will be forced to respond to this. Other high-powered, high-profile, I control the narrative and the situation athletes, not you control me, will essentially do the same thing. And this is without an agent, at least one that we know of. 301 Do you like it? Do you not like it? Respect it? I respect it. I don't have to like it. I respect it. The guy's, the guy's, he's taking control of his own destiny. And he's going to get criticized for it. And he's going to get lauded for it. And that's probably how his career is going to be. All right, let's get out back to you on the phones and start off hour number two with Pauly. What's up, Pauly? How are you? Man, hell to the W, man. What's going on, Pauly? Man, look, I like it and I love it. Let's say this, man. Let's start off with this. All right. NFL is a business. Right? And that that description for way too long seems like it's only applies to when you're talking about the management of the NFL. The NFL is a business model never seems to want to apply to the players. Well, you know what? It's about time that it, that it, it start applying to the players because these players are the CEOs of their own individual companies. So if they want to take the narrative and take the control of their personal business, I have no problem with that. And if if the if their if their vice president of their business is their parents, I have no problem with that because a lot of time parents don't get involved until their sons or daughters are taking an amount of criticism that they feel like they shouldn't be taking, you know? And, and a lot of that is because the businesses, these leads that we're talking about the NFL, they want the narrative to fit for what they want to fit. So I don't have no problem with this whole, he not doing it. It's no different from the top three quarterbacks not throwing in the, in the combine. You know, it's no different from Lamar Jackson deciding back when he was in the combine, I'm not running a 40-yard dash. You guys are already trying to make me a running back. You guys are already trying to make me a receiver. Why would I go out here and run a 40-yard dash and, and, and drop a 4-2 on you? And then the first thing you want to do is say, well, maybe he's not a quarterback. You know, so I have no problem with these guys taking their own narrative. You brought up the Jonathan Allen thing earlier, and I was going to bring that up too. I got another name, Montez Sweat. If we don't come back in the first round and take Montez Sweat, there's a good possibility he didn't get drafted in the first round. It's a good call. Yeah, I re- that, uh, you're right. You're right. And you're it's right. all behind a re- all behind a report 
of a heart condition. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jonathan Allen nor Montez Sweat, even though they might have had injuries in their career, neither one of the injuries had anything to do with a shoulder or a heart yep. condition. No, you're right. You're right. And but but you that's know? why that's why the follow up or this whole process, Paulie, is messed up because. Like, I totally get how that you shouldn't have to sur- submit yourself to 32 doctors and teams and, uh, and privacy an and all that stuff. But, for that. but, 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 but the, the, the point that you brought up, and I forgot about Montez Sweat with the heart defect or, or the potential heart defect. I, I, and, I mean, again, I, I threw out the Allen one with the shoulder, but I totally forgot about Sweat is if the commander, if, if the Redskins at the time, doctors don't get a recheck on Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen, maybe they don't draft them, right? So some part of the process is still fair and is still absolutely worthy. I just don't know if the part that Caleb is saying, screw you two, is. I have a solution for that and a thought about that. Yeah. All right. So it seems to me a mutual agreement of this could be you allow these players to visit their own doctors. Because if I'm Caleb Williams, and I'm just throwing this out here, I'm Caleb Williams, why would I want the doctors that misdiagnosed Trent Williams for three seasons on cancerous cells diagnosing me for anything? You know, why would I trust that? I don't know you. You don't know me. I don't, why would I, all I know is where your failures are. So why would all right, I here, here's you? the problem with only – Let me counter that, and I'll let you finish. Here's the problem with only with, – if Caleb Williams or any athlete – or if the process changes to where you can get a medical evaluation report from your own doctors, I mean, do we know that that doctor's not on the take? Do we know that that doctor's not overlooking something so he doesn't hurt his client, his patient's future? Yeah, but, okay, okay, but we don't know that about the NFL doctors. That's fair. Or the team doctors. It's the same thing when it comes to the um, concussion thing. But my whole point was you let these players go to their own doctors, right? You have these doctors – Register with the national with the with the players association and the NFL almost like the agent as registered doctors for the draft or for for their year's draft or whatever. You know you have these you have them register with them, right? You have these players go to the doctors and then you allow the players you give them a little dongle. You allow these players to select what teams they want to see their medical, and then from there you can have the teams. So you giving these team's permission, here goes my medical situation right here in this dongle. Here's my doctor's information. Go over it. You can go over it with my doctor. You can discuss that. And then from that point, you can, it, the team can be like, well, hey, do you mind if we bring in an independent doctor to, to, to back up what your doctor is saying? Almost like going to court. You know what I mean? You got your specialist. I got my specialist. Let's see where it lines up. And I think that, that, that can be uh, something that's fair for both sides. But I have no problem with Caleb Williams or any other player not completely trusting the, the NFL doctor or another team's doctor. Because like you say, you're saying my doctor cannot, could be on the take. It's fair. So can another team's doctor. That's fair. Just you're like right. that one guy say, hey, suppose he want to knock me down a couple of spots because they want to draft. Right. Well, well, that's that's the whole point of what we brought up with the uh, with the, the other caller. Uh, was it Michael from Annapolis? I can't remember his first name. Um, you know, last hour, and I had already kind of brought that up. What if, like – and, and I didn't even think about it in the same context as he is, but, like, the Bears have the number one overall pick. If the if the Packers don't want him to go to the Bears, what's to stop the Packers from, you know, again, leaking something and at least causing hey, – Not even 
Not even the Packers, but let's say Dan Snyder still owns this team. Yeah. And he sent his doctors out there to totally trash his uh, 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 the Bears medical value of the medical the Bears medical report because we wanted Caleb Williams. That's fair. You know, That's so, another element to yeah, it. Yeah. So the whole thing is these guys should should be in control of their medical history. Yep. They should be in control of their corporations, and they are their own single corporation. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that, that's a good point. Hell to the w, All right, thank you, Paulie. Good call. Uh, appreciate it. Let's get to uh, Ryan and Harrisonburg next up on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. What's up, Ryan? How are you? Doing good. How you doing, Chris? Great, Ryan. Thanks for the call. Um, I, th- I find this more interesting than anything. I think we're we're starting to see the uh, an, an unattended uh, effect of the NIL money where these players – this isn't the first time that they've had more control over their personal brand and had a taste of actual power as far as what they're worth. Um, It's, it's easier to dictate to someone when you've never been in that situation of control. And now we're starting to see that first generation come into the pros and realizing that they have more say than what they've ever thought. Mm -hmm. Um, one other thing too, though, if we go down this road, the, the hit rate on on the draft is sometimes abysmal, depending on the situation. So, if you end up taking medical evals away, I mean, the the hit rate could plummet as well, which then might in turn affect the NFL product uh, as far as uh, you know the quality of players. Right. So there's well, there's I don't know how we take away the complete process. But I think what we're getting at, and I like your point about NIL, control, unintended consequences, what have you. Now, maybe if there was no NIL, we would still have this issue with Caleb. I don't know. But to your point, we already started seeing a change in how today's modern athletes thought and viewed and processed and and how they operated. Then you get NIL and Transfer Portal and all that stuff, which essentially makes them professional athletes before they become quote-unquote professional athletes. And then with this, again, and it's only probably a certain – like you notice how – I got like Michael Penix, right, who could go in the bottom part of the first round, maybe top of the second round. That guy's not not sitting here refusing to get medically checked out because he knows he needs to. But Caleb is like, screw you guys. What do I need to do all this for? Just like it's an extension of what is already started specific to the combine, which is I'm not going to throw. I'm not going to run. I'm not doing the broad jump. I'm not doing this. Why should I? Yeah, and and, and that's a good point. And, you know, it, it can go – but the pendulum can go too far the other way mm-hmm. as well. So Absolutely. We've, we've had it for forever where the owners are in total control. And, and if the pendulum is starting to go back where we, we pass a middle ground and go so far the other way, you know, you extrapolate this out 10 years and you might end up with a similar situation like you have with the NBA where the players have all the power Absolutely. and it, and it dilutes the product to a point to where, you know, fans become disinterested in it because, you know, it, it's it's millionaires playing for billionaires at that point, and it's it's kind of hard for you know normal working people to relate to that. And then when you see a power struggle between powerful entities, it 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 no longer becomes entertainment. It might become a point of contention. 
And in some ways, it has strongly affected the NBA, and in some ways, it hasn't. And I'm sure that's what the NFL will bank on is nobody's going anywhere because we're the most popular sport and people will keep watching. But it's a really good point about the future and how this might be perceived and how it already is being perceived. Ryan, thank you. Good call. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you. 301-230-0980. Let's squeeze in Robert in Annapolis here before we take the first time out of this hour on a Friday. What up, Robert? How are you? Uh, good afternoon. Uh, I definitely side with the players on this issue. It's just like when I came out of college, I interviewed with many potential employers because I was uh, ascertaining what they were all about rather than having them ascertain what I was all about. And if I was a, a, one of these top-end players that's uh, projected to go early on, uh, I only meet with, work out for, and provide medicals to organizations that I really have an interest in playing with based on uh, their success and uh, a variety of other factors. So, you know, th- they have the right to really control. They don't have the they don't have the ability to control where they go because if they're drafted, mm-hmm. they're drafted by whatever team. But they certainly don't have to uh, cooperate with uh, organizations they may not be interested in. Like Williams, if he didn't have an interest to in going to the Bears or the Commanders, and you can understand why he might feel that way. Well, why should he cooperate and give them any information? Well, this is a very interesting thing that you're bringing up, though, right? Because Caleb, again, is in complete control of his ultimate... uh, He's in complete control of what he does up until draft night, not on draft night. So he's controlling what he can control. But most people... Most people can't do that, right? Like if you're a very accomplished CEO in, you know, for a Fortune 500 company, you can do what you're saying where I interview you. I want to know why I should come to you, not you interview me and why we should hire you. But not everybody's in that position. Caleb is until draft night, and then he loses control ultimately, like you said, about where he goes. Well, this is true. Unless he creates a big enough stink like Eli Manning and his family did and John Elway did. But but you have some callers uh, commenting that it reflects unfavorably on the persona of the player. I I just don't see it that way. I don't view them as being arrogant or or uh, egotistical, they're, they're, they're looking out for themselves. Why, why wouldn't they? Right, I would but be- because, because would it's that. against the grain and because it's not the norm and I because do. it's the first Cares time that a player has really grain, done Chris. this, that's why Chris, it's going to rub people Chris. the wrong way. Chris, if I'm a player coming out, I don't care what the fans are thinking, what I'm doing, or that's fair. What, the, what the organizations feel. I, I care what I think. Okay. The only thing that you got to be careful about with that, Robert, is you got to be, you know, like you you don't want too many people against you if you're Caleb Williams because you want a lot of Caleb Williams jerseys to sell because you make more money that way. You you know what I'm saying? That that may be that 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 may factor in, but but what they're going to judge me on is the play on the field. That's true, and that's the only thing that's important, not what's said and and all that. That's true. Good to hear from you. Uh, Have a good weekend, Robert. Hope all is well. We'll get to Johnny. We'll get to Mark. We'll get to Lou. We'll get to you on the other side. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. Coming up, I have a bunch of ridiculous, stupid odds that should never, ever, 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 ever. Be looked upon as anything other than just content and material. And that's how we'll use it on some of the premier pass rushers 
and where the commanders match up. I want to get into that after 2.30. We'll take a final round of the phone calls, uh, and then we'll get into something different uh, again on the other side of 2.30. So stay tuned with us right here on a Friday on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Normally is um, I think Mo is normally okay with me on Twitter. Said Robert is right. Stop trying to paint Caleb Williams in a bad light. To which I said, we're having a conversation. I don't think I'm going strong and hard with anything. I understand how the NFL wants medical information, wants these guys to work out, wants these guys to interview and meet with teams. And I understand how the process has changed over the years and player entitlement has become bigger and bigger and bigger. But this is the dawning of another level, a new day, another, you know, a a new way of approach. We started the show complimenting Caleb Williams. I thought he explained it pretty well. I was, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I haven't watched a lot of interviews. I don't remember any interviews with him. I'm sure I've seen them, but they all mishmash to me. I don't care. Makes no difference to me. Nobody's criticizing Caleb Williams. We are saying that there is a lot of smoke around Caleb Williams. There is. That is an un- Deniable truth. Whether all of these things that are creating the smoke are truth or not, that we don't know. But there's a lot of smoke around Caleb Williams. And to act like there isn't, and potential concerns, to act like that's not a legitimate thing is just showing your own biases. You can believe that there's nothing significant here and everyone's grasping at straws. But they don't, none of this stuff is coming up about Drake May, is it? None of this stuff is coming up about Jaden Daniels, is it? None of this stuff is coming up about Michael Penix, is it? None of it is coming up about J.J. McCarthy, is it? You, you see where I'm coming from here? It's not a black white thing, it's not a. Caleb Williams versus the world thing. It's some individual athletes draw a lot of attention, good and bad, right? Look at Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's always got something going on. Always accused of something. Is it just he's in the wrong spot at the wrong time all the time? Or is there something legitimate there? Think about that. Think about that. All right, back to the phones we go. 301-230-0980. Let's get to Mark and Laurel uh, next up on the Team 980. What up, Mark? How are you? All right. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? Good, Mark. What's going on? I just want to say he'd be an idiot to take any kind of test. I mean, he's a clear-cut number one pick. The only thing he can do would hurt his draft stock. So he'd be an idiot in this situation, to take any kind of test. Wait, 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 wait. He's not a clear-cut number one. Let, let's let, let's uh, point he, that out. He's been, 
I'm, I'm he sure is the perceived. He is the perceived years. number one. And, and I'm sure he's going to be. That's just like last year. If CJ Stroud never took that test, he probably wouldn't have been the number one pick. But his draft stock failed because of the test he felt. Instead of watching the film. They watched. They they looked at the test. Board. I mean, it fell from number one to number two, though. <laughs> you know, like like there was a lot of people. There were a lot of people that loved that loved Bryce Young because of the, uh, you know, because of his mental processing, because of his anticipation, because of his. Uh, I, I forgot what the other buzzword was. Um, uh, I, I'll think about it. But 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 it wasn't just because of the test. They they said that he was the clear cut number one, uh-uh. Uh-uh. but again, yeah. that's, I mean, it was split. But again, he lost millions of dollars if he never taken a test. He would have been number. He could have been perceived number one. Yeah, but Mark, he Mark, Mark. Only two. now are people saying he should have been number one. That was not the case last year. Trust me, I I agreed that I would have taken C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young because I don't want five ten quarterbacks. Who are 180 pounds? I don't care where. I don't care how they process things, how they lead. I mean, like, fine, but I'm not me. I, you know, you know, there were. I mean, I'm telling you, like Daniel Jeremiah, okay, who I love and I respect the hell out of, said he would have taken Bryce Young because of all those things. That there were a lot of people that including the Panthers, that thought Bryce Young was the better prospect than C.J. Stroud. Now, there were some that thought C.J. was number one, too. But it, my point is, it wasn't just because of the test. Um, and, and and ultimately, it, it it may have cost him a couple of million dollars, maybe. Uh, I don't know the difference in terms of guaranteed pay structure between number one and number two, but it, it's slight, and, and I don't even know if it's a couple of million bucks. It might be like a million bucks, which is still something, but it's not – it's not like C.J. Stroud is in the poorhouse, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. But, again, he'd be an idiot to take any kind of test. Like I said, I perceive him as a kid club number one. But you have a good evening there, Rooster. You have a good day there. I appreciate you. Good, uh, uh, good call and have a good weekend. Thank you, Mark. Uh, and, uh, again, I don't mind disagreeing. I mean, it's just, it's just not the way I saw it, and I don't think that's the way the NFL saw it either. Now, C.J. Stroud turned out to be the way better quarterback. For one year. We do have breaking Commander's news. We're going to get to that in the trending alert in just two minutes. Breaking Commander's news in just about two, two and a half minutes. But first, uh, let's get to Andre at Upper Marlboro Andre. on the Team 980. What's up, Andre? We, uh, we'll get him in here before the bottom of the hour. What's up, uh, Andre? How are you? Well, I'm biased to good. I'm biased. How are you? I'm biased against Kayla Williams. I don't like he's too emotionally weak, crying in his mother's arms, being that weak emotionally, and I don't like his fingernails being painted. I don't want a weak, feminine man running my team, being the face of my team and the quarterback of my team, and that's as real as I can get. All right, well, let that's me ask you this. No let me. me ask you this, because I don't think you're the only one that feels this way. Is is that just perception or is that actual reality that if someone cries to their mother and someone paints their fingernails that they're not tough? Well, for me, yeah, you can cry to your mother in private, but not on national TV like okay. that. And his, his shoulders was going up and down yeah. like he was devastated. And like it was the end of the world. I understand you being 
sad because you lost a game, but he, like, lost it. Like, he was dying or somebody died. And that's and, fair. And that was a huge red flag for me. It's not that serious. Everybody win or lose. You tough. You got to be able to take an L like a man instead of crying like a female. In my mommy's arms and shaking his shoulders going up and down. That would, oh, he blew me with that one. And then when I saw the pictures of his fingernails, I said, that's it. Nah, he, he's talented. I ain't saying he ain't talented. I'm just saying he's emotionally suspect. Andre, how, I'm, I'm, cu- I'm curious by this, and you don't have to. Like that. Andre, hang on. I'm curious by this. You don't have to give me an exact age, but just give me a range if you don't want to give me an exact age. How old are you? Are you 50 plus, 40 plus, uh, Man, 35 plus? No I'll be 60. I'll be 61 okay. May tonight. I think uh, I, I think Andre, like you and I, are are different people, but I think it's more likely. I, I'm 50. Okay. I think it's more likely that those of us that are, say, 45-plus, 50-plus are going to be in the range of that's really weird, that's strange behavior. And I think today's 20-something-year-olds, well, I don't know, you want to call them Generation X, Zs, Ys, who cares? I don't know. Th- th- those yeah, under 30, care. those under 35, are going to be much, much, much more favorable to the human being, not just the athlete, the human being that might be a little bit of a different bird. You know, I, I think it's no, just. I agree with you. Yeah, I think You're it's right. just the way I our agree society with you, is. The world is feminine. It's 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 popular to be feminine now. Yeah. For yeah. men to be feminine now. Yeah. So, well, so I mean, you're right. But that's you, not you, necess- you know, listen, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I appreciate the phone call. Got to let you run time for a quick trending alert and that breaking news on the commanders. We will get back to it in just a couple of moments. On the other side, we'll react to this coming up right here on the Team 980. All right, Ian Rappaport, first to report, Nikki Jabala confirming the Commanders are getting set to release Charles Leno, their left tackle for the last three years. Uh, he's set to undergo hip surgery next week. Uh, the Commanders are going to be able to save a whole bunch of money under their cap. This was somewhat expected. Not sure if anybody knew exactly about the hip surgery, but that's where we're at. Charles Leno to be released by the Commanders, according to now uh, NFL Network and the Washington Post. Meanwhile, Caleb Williams, as we've been talking about uh, all afternoon, uh, essentially in his media interview uh, today, said it's not a thought in my mind about whether or not he would last beyond the number one pick. Quote, I don't think that I'm not going to be number one. I think I put in all the hard work all the time, effort and energy into being that. I don't think of a plan B. So he's basically saying he's going number one. He's not exactly saying he wants it to be the Chicago Bears. He kind of has been hemming and hawing about that saying sort of the right thing without saying, I want to be a Chicago Bear. The Wizards, a tough loss last night in overtime. Only way to describe it. They were 0 for February were the Wizards as they lose in overtime again to the Los Angeles Lakers. They're 13th in a row tonight. They try and avoid their 14th in a row. And with the new month, they try and get a win in their first game of March at 
Los Angeles, this time against the Clippers. Again, after their 13th straight loss last night, 134-131 in overtime to LeBron Anthony Davis and the Lakers. You can hear tonight's action, uh, which, of course, the game starts late night once again at 10.30 tonight, 10.15 for the pregame coverage. Dave Johnson and company right here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app, and that's what's trending. As soon as I turned off my microphone, it was almost like radar. Tyler's calling. We hadn't spoken in two and a half hours. The boy can't handle being without his dad for too long. He's still recovering from the hernia surgery um, and still not working his full normal schedule. So, you know. That just means more time to call dad. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but literally, I mean, I don't even know if the microphone was off after the trending alert when he called. I don't even know if it was off. Um, again, not a not a shock. Um, so the breaking news that we'll respond to right here and right now, which, again, it, it, not shocking in any sort of way, not shocking in any sort of way, is that Charles Leno... According to the NFL Network, Ian Rappaport and Nikki Javala uh, confirming he is going to be released by the Washington Commanders. And this shouldn't really be a surprise. He's 33, body starting maybe to break down a little bit. He's going to have hip surgery. I'm not sure why he waited. Uh, I, you know, again, I'm not a doctor, won't pretend to be. Maybe there was a, a medical reason. I don't know. Um, but here's the deal. You know, Charles Leno was re-signed in 2021 at the end of his first year here. At the end of his first year here. Up until this year, he had played in every single game while with the Commanders and every single game in his NFL career since his rookie year when he was a seventh-round pick, for God's sakes. And just, you know, hanging on. So Charles Leno had been remarkably consistent, healthy, what have you. Then the Atlanta game, week six, maybe it was week seven, I can't remember. Uh, Unfortunately, he and his family, as many of you recall, had a tragedy and he lost his baby. um, And that's just something I, you know. And then there was a couple of games at the end of the year that Charles Leno was not healthy for, was not available for, which, again, maybe leads to, presumably, this hip surgery. So here's the deal. He was going to count $15.5 million, $15.53 million, uh, according to Over the Cap, which I I knew the number was around there. I didn't know it was exactly that. $15.53 million against the cap if he was on the roster. So right away, again, healthy or not healthy, right away you thought, "Mm," for a, a left tackle who, again, has been reliable, who has been solid, if not good, but yet not great by any stretch. That's a lot of money, right? To count against the cap. Now, the cap savings and the dead money hit are other components to that. Assuming that it's a pre-June 1st cut, which I think it will be, there's a dead money cap charge of $8.25 million 
and a cap savings of $7.28 million. So again, he was going to count 15.3. If they do it not post June 1st, if, which I, I would assume they're going, they're, they're going to label it as a normal cut, okay? It will cost them $8.25 million under the cap in dead money. I, again, if you don't understand that, I can't really explain it other than it counts against the cap in this year. Everybody knows they have approximately 85-ish, 90-ish million dollars. If you, They're going to have to take the hit, okay? One way or the other, there's a way you can divide it over two years. I would not advise that this year, especially with the cap money that you have. It, In all likelihood, this will be a straight-up cut. And Charles Leno, again, will count $8.25 million against the cap in this year, and they will save $7.28 million. The problem is, is, of course, they need a left tackle. And they already needed one, and it was why, if you remember, Maddie, I don't know if you remember, I was screaming, and I thought left tackle was their number one priority last year in the draft. Who did they take in the draft last year? In the first round, Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah, I think Emmanuel Forbes is going to be fine. I think he's going to be much better in year two in this scheme with this. I, I, I think he's going to be fine. I don't know that. I think that. They should have, in my opinion, and I think I was not alone, taken a left tackle to develop of the future. Instead, they waited until the fourth round to take Braden Daniels, who got his ass kicked regularly in camp and then never played because he was put on IR. And who knows what they have in Braden Daniels, but how could you possibly be all that optimistic? And Cornelius Lucas is a free agent. And even if Cornelius Lucas was a guy that you wanted to bring back, we know this. He's not a high-level 17-game starter. So it became clear as clear could be that left tackle is an immediate priority, an immediate priority for the Washington Commanders. Right now, they don't have a left tackle under contract that's worth anything because Lucas is a free agent. Braden Daniels is, again, completely unproven, completely unknown. He might turn into something, who knows, I'd be surprised if they don't give him a, you know, some sort of shot. You need a left tackle, especially with a potential rookie quarterback. And even if you don't have a rookie quarterback, which again, they'll have, they'll draft somebody. Even Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett, whoever. You got to have a starting left tackle. They don't have one right now. Sorry, they don't. So that immediately becomes priority number at least 1A, does it become priority number one? You got two premier left tackles that we talked about. Joe Alt from Notre Dame and Fashonu, I think that's how you say his name, the left tackle from Penn State, who I believe is from the area. I've talked about Adam Peters not. See, again, there are guys who I respect and like, bless you, Maddie, who are so fixated on offense and so fixated on quarterback and so fixated on one thing and one thing only 
that they won't entertain anything. I believe they'll stay at number two more likely than not. I believe they'll take a quarterback more likely than not. I believe they'll take Drake May more likely than not. It is not a strong conviction. I'm also not a scout, not Adam Peters, not Dan Quinn, not any. Just my opinion. And a reasonable opinion at that. However, I am absolutely, I said it on stage at Team 980, 106.7 night. I said it several times over the last couple of weeks. I'm not opposed to them trading down. Now, would I like to trade down to only number three if I can ideally consummate a trade with the Patriots? Sure. But if I trade down to four or five or six or whatever, because I don't love one of these quarterbacks, you know what I get? In almost every likelihood with the three quarterbacks, Marvin Harrison Jr., if I trade down to five or even six, I almost surely guarantee myself the opportunity to get one of those two top left tackles. Not a definite, but almost surely. And now, not that it wasn't, again, I screamed about left tackle last, I wish somebody would have listened to me, nobody listened to me. You remember that, right? I was right. They were wrong. And the horniest guy on the the, the, the universe. This has nothing to do with that. I, I, I wish everyone would understand that I'm a genius in most cases. And not that. But the bottom line is they now need desperately a left tackle. And you can argue that left tackle, if it wasn't already 1A, it certainly is. And possibly, depending on who you are and what your makeup is, it could be number one on the needs list. And I I already had written down, what if Adam Peters doesn't love either of these three quarterbacks enough to pick one at number two. And yet they stay at number two. See, it's easy to talk about moving down because you're getting something to move down, whatever it is. And I I guess you could still horseshoe your way into a quarterback depending on how far down, depending on various other circumstances, right? What if they stay at number two? and draft a left tackle or a Marvin Harrison. And and with today's development and with the way this has been heading, I would think it would be much more likely that you would draft the left tackle as opposed to Marvin Harrison Jr. But what if they stay at number two? They don't trade down and don't take a quarterback. There are going to be people that are livid, that are pissed, that are furious, and you'll all be wrong. 301 react to that. Where does left tackle now go in terms of your priority list? And what if Adam Peters stays at number two and has the audacity, the onions, the stones, the grapefruits, the cojones to draft somebody other than a quarterback. <gasps> oh, my God. 
Brendan Dar, Grant Paulson, and Danny Ruye are going to have a conniption. They're going to have an aneurysm. Their veins are going to pop because you can't possibly do anything other than take a big swing at the pinata. Whether you're right or wrong, whether it's smart or not, whether you feel it or you don't, you have to take a quarterback because you have to take a quarterback because you have to take a quarterback because you have to take a quarterback. I'm pretty sure that uh, Brendan Dar is currently having a stroke somewhere. I think he'll hold off on the stroke until the commanders do this. The scenario that I'm talking about. It's one thing to trade down and not get a quarterback. I'm saying stay at two and not take a quarterback. Think about that. That'll really send our former colleague off the edge. And Batman and Robin over there. Whereas the L train calls them the child star and the comedian. I just call them Grant and Danny. That'll send them into a tizzy. That'll send them over Niagara Falls. 301-230-0980, your reaction to that, your calls coming up next. Stay tuned on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. All right, right out to your calls. So Charles Leno set to be released. You know the cap savings. You know the cap dead money charge. And you know the real issue, which is now the commanders have nobody under contract with any proven level of experience or track record. Or I mean, you want to count Trent Scott? Go right ahead. You're welcome to it. I don't care. Trent Scott is not what I'm looking for. You want to count Alex Akingbulo? Go right ahead. Not who I'm looking for. And Braden Daniels doesn't count either. And Cornelius Lucas, the only one that would count, is a free agent. I mean, I assume he would be back, but I don't know. I don't know. By the way, you know who is a free agent this year? That plays left tackle? Tyron Smith of the Cowboys. Almost surely not coming back to them. Remember Dan Quinn may or may not have been in Dallas the last three years? Yeah, there was a little bit of a connection there. Just saying. Just saying. Might be a name that you want to keep an eye on. I, Tyron Smith is always hurt. I mean, he is always hurt. But if you're looking for a short gap solution, I, when he's been healthy, he's been pretty darn good. 301-230-0980. Let's um, get back to you. We can talk Caleb Williams as well, uh, but I'd like to kind of move forward if you don't mind. Let's go to Pete and Laurel on the Team 980. Pete, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, man. How are you, man? Doing good, uh, Pete. Go all on? I want to say about all I want to say about the number one pick uh, being a quarterback in draft, I'm just going to say this and I'm going to move on. Out of the last 24 picks of quarterbacks that were picked number one, only three made rookie of the year. That's Jameis Winston, Andrew Luck, and that's Cam Newton. That's fact, all right? Um, I'm not tripping off the quarterback being picked first or second, man. 
Um, that just get it right. Um, as far as Charles Leno is concerned, anybody could see this coming. If you if you want to know how good he isn't, just check every time we played the uh, New York Giants. Uh, what's his name? Thibodeau. Oh yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau him. ate him for lunch. I, yep. Yeah, every time, and that's that's really on the coaching staff too, because you knew he can't block on one on one. You still left him out on the island. So um, you know, Charles Leno, man, he's he's not the answer. To your question, is it one A? Listen, I don't care who do you have back there quarterback you can have anybody you want if you can't protect them um then what is he going to do um so i i think it's one uh, based on that you can get the quarterback if you want to run for his life um but we all know joe gibbs won with three different quarterbacks because of number one the offensive line and i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna hang up this is a question for you sir mm-hmm. and maybe you can uh, uh answer it why don't we take that type of blueprint and these so-called great coaches, these geniuses coaches, don't take the blueprint and understand, even Ron Revere here, how important that offense and defensive line is. Why don't more coaches and organizations value those two positions? I'm going I'm to I'm listen to your answer and hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Say again, which two positions again? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Groups, positional groups, the offensive line and defensive oh, line. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, How gotcha. They don't okay. seem to be seem to be valued because Ron Rivera just went to the um, thrift store to get the offensive lineman, like yeah. it was okay. Right, but you he know? but he I, went I'm, the, I'm the exact opposite with the defensive line. Now, some of that was already here when he got here. As a matter of fact, three fourths of it. But he certainly didn't have to go uh, with 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 Chase Young, right? So so let's. So let's answer the question this way. One, I'm sure it was a um, – we can't overinvest in the offensive line because we've overinvested or invested a lot in the defensive line. Uh, that's number one. Number two, they look at we need 10 really, if we, if we want to be honest, 13 or 14 quality, competent bodies – to last the entire season because of the attrition of the offensive line itself. So we can't go heavy at one particular position. We're going to have to try and spread out our resources. And the problem is, is they spread out their resources and they were okay in 2020. Fairly good. But then when they started losing guys at center and injuries and whatnot, uh, it all fell apart and they never woke up to, Hey, We've got to spend a significant amount of money. If your argument is they did in re-signing Charles Leno, well, I would say, yeah, it was a good signing. It was a a good signing, good decision, but it wasn't enough. And that's the problem. They didn't value it enough. My my, my problem is this. These guys played the game, right? Most of these guys played the game, been involved in the game all their lives. If you watch anyone that wins the Super Bowl, you know your offensive defensive line are like that. You know good and well you can't win without an offensive defensive line. My thing is, why do these people keep getting hired? That's my question because I know that, and I'm not even in the league. I know that I have to build my offensive line. That's not rocket science, Chris. I I, I understand that, but, but 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 I I would say this, Pete, and I appreciate the phone call. I got to let you run. There are different ways to go about building something, right? You don't have to, like Ron's philosophy was we overspent resources and money to keep 
uh, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, so on and so forth, and obviously things change there too. We overspent in terms of assets, resources, and money there. We can't then go balls to the wall on the offensive line. Now, again, their problem was they didn't value it even in the draft. That was their problem, right? I mean, you could say, well, they did with Sam Cosme, and and that is correct. That's one pick. One pick. Which they spent, uh, you know, a, a, a top second, you know, a top two rounds pick. That's it. I don't think I'm forgetting about anybody. They never addressed center after Chase Roulier got hurt. They never figured it out at left guard. They didn't figure it out at right guard until Sam Cosme was flopping around at right tackle and couldn't stay on the field and wasn't very good in pass protection on the right side. And they said, oh, well, we got to make him a right guard. And then they never figured it out at right tackle either. 301-230-0980, more of your calls. Is left tackle now a number one A number one A need? Is it a number two need? Charles Leno reportedly getting released, and that has huge ramifications. We'll continue to discuss next with your calls on the other side of 3 o'clock in the nation's capital on the Z980 and the Odyssey app.